Well, for the adults, I will say never underestimate the importance of studying Scripture day after day, week after week. A while back, uh, when looking at Moses' teaching on tithing, on giving 10% in the book of Deuteronomy, I realized that I had been missing a significant view on this subject for the whole 30 plus years I've been a Christian. Moses set tithing within a context of gratitude and celebration that I had not noticed before. Well, this week, with the scripture we're looking at from Deuteronomy, I had another similar revelation. I've long been familiar with the phrase, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, as I'm sure all of you are as well. In fact, I'd probably been more familiar with that phrase than most of the New Testament before I had actually become a Christian. It's just one of those things that is a part of our culture and society in many ways. But even since becoming a Christian, I'd only understood that within one context. Essentially, I had known it as the underlying principle for what's called retributive justice in the Hebrew First Testament. The fancy title, the fancy way uh, I learned to speak of this um, in graduate school was lex talionis, which is the law of retaliation in Latin. And that is, if someone has injured someone else criminally, the punishment should be equivalent. So if a criminal stole a cow, they must give a cow in return. Or if they attacked a person and blinded them in one eye, their own eye should be blinded. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. For me, I had always understood this phrase as the sort of a general guide to punishment for aggressive criminal acts, at least as originally professed in the law. Then I opened up Deuteronomy on Monday, and I saw this scripture in a brand new light. As with our earlier scripture on tithing, Moses sets this teaching within a very specific context, a context that is actually crucial to where we find ourselves today in the United States. And as we look again at this text more closely, I believe that we will reveal, God will reveal to us, excuse me, God will reveal to us specifically that lying is as abhorrent to God as any other sin imaginable, and that telling the truth is foundational to building a society in the way of God. In this text, Moses has in mind a judicial court setting. 
His first proclamation makes this clear and affirms a guideline that is true to this very day. In verse 15, Moses says, One witness is not enough to convict a person accused of any crime or offense they may have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So here we have a bunch of the language of the court, judicial court, witness, accusation, crime, conviction, and the necessity of having at least two witnesses to corroborate a crime. To this day, the most vexing cases are those where there are only two persons involved. And we've seen this number of times in recent years played out on a national level. What happened? This person says this, this person says that. Are there any other witnesses? And I love the fact that in God's system of justice, because this is what Moses is after, is setting up the society that God's people will live by as they take over the promised land, as they move into it. I love the fact in God's system of justice, it's more important to protect against condemning an innocent person than letting a guilty person go free if you don't have corroboration. Moses makes it clear. If there aren't at least two witnesses, it is not enough to convict a person. Then, Moses moves directly into another related scenario for a court dealing with a witness. Verse 16. If a malicious witness takes the stand to accuse a person of a crime. That's the scenario. That is the specific context that leads Moses to his proclamation about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The specific context is someone bearing false witness, someone lying to a court, especially in order to harm someone else. It would be difficult to overemphasize how profoundly serious such lying is according to God and Moses. Notice in verse 17, the two persons involved in this dispute, because this is one of those, there's only two involved, The two persons involved in the dispute must stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and judges who are in the office at the time. For God's people, there was no higher authority than the Lord. And Moses makes it clear this is a matter of such importance that the people involved need to know that they are in the presence of God and God is witnessing this. And the priests and the judges are trying to understand, in light of God's understanding, what's happening here. It goes on. The judges must make a thorough investigation. And if the witness proves to be a liar giving false testimony against their brother or sister, then do to them 
as they intended to do to their brother or sister. You must purge this evil from among you. In fact, the rest of the hope is the rest of the people will hear of this and be afraid and never again will such an evil thing be done among you. Show no pity. And then we get the famous proclamation. Even life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Again, understanding the context that led Moses to say this is absolutely essential for us to understand what God values. This is one of the most stark calls for punishment in all of the scriptures. And it's about lying, especially lying to the court, especially with the intent of making someone else suffer. One of the major failings, I believe, of the evangelical movement in the Christian church has been its obsession with sins related to sex and sexual activity. And here we see that lying is as bad as anything else. It has its own separate piece in the building of God's society and the judgment towards it. And I will honestly admit that if I was asked to name some of the worst sins imaginable, I probably would not think of lying as one of the top several. But it is lying that prompts Moses to threaten even someone's life as punishment. Think of our story from the book of Acts, that strange story about Ananias and Sapphira. They lie and they die. Now, they, they sold a piece of property. It was at a time when the church was just getting established. There was a huge momentum and enthusiasm, and people were selling all sorts of things and then giving it to the community that everyone could be taken care of. They sold a piece of property, and they lied about the price that they got for it, so they only gave part of it to the apostles. And Peter says, you didn't have to lie. You didn't even have to give it to us. This, is, this was your choice. This was your piece of property to do whatever. But then you lied about it. What got into you? And then Ananias drops dead. Sapphira comes in. She says the exact same amount, lies about the exact same amount, and she drops dead. Now, I'm not going to draw too many conclusions from that story because that is not our central focus. However, it's pretty hard to escape at least a surface conclusion that God takes lying seriously by reading that story. In fact, considering that it is within the context of Moses condemning lying, that he sets out this law of retribution, an eye for an eye, 
that I think it becomes safe to say lying is as abhorrent to God as any other sin of which we can imagine. Now, this teaching from Moses is absolutely vital for us to hear and to hold to in these days in our country. Our president and his entire administration and a significant portion of GOP leadership lie constantly. According to the Washington Post fact checker database, as of July 13th, and that's almost two weeks ago now, and when you see the, the average per day, you'll see why even that's significant. But as of July 13th, Trump had lied over 20,000 times since his inauguration. It took him 827 days to top 10,000 false or misleading claims, 827 days, but then it only took him half the time to double that, to get his other 10,000, 440 days. He has averaged, our president, the president of the United States has averaged over 15 lies a day, every day for three and a half years. I bring this up because we have to remind ourselves constantly, this is not normal and it's not acceptable. Even more so in light of this scripture, it is sinful. His lies and his administration's lies about the coronavirus particularly have actually killed human beings. His lies and those of Mike Pence have killed human beings. They are responsible for the deaths of human beings. They have stood before the American people and flat out lied about the spread of the virus, the devastation, and the scientifically proven means to curtail it. And in direct consequence of those lies, hundreds of thousands of people have contracted the virus and tens of thousands of human beings have died. To understand the seriousness and the sinfulness of what they are doing, listen again to the words of Moses with Trump's witnessing in mind, his lying in mind, beginning at verse 18. Judges must make a thorough investigation, and if the witness proves to be a liar, giving false testimony, then do to them as they intended to do to their brother or sister. You must purge the evil from among you. The rest of the people will hear of this and be afraid, and never again will such an evil thing be done among you. Show no pity. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. For foot. Scripture itself, 
Not my doing. That is just reading straight from Moses. Scripture itself makes it sound like Trump should pay with his life for all the lives that have been lost because of his lies, because of his lies. Now, I will say that as followers of Jesus Christ, we must also take into account Jesus' words as we heard them in Matthew. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to them the other also, and goes on with some other examples. Jesus' words speak more to us as individuals and our personal response to sins against us. And notice these are not even particularly lies. These are, these are more direct, again, aggressive uh, actions against a person. So Jesus' words speak more to us as individuals in our personal response to sins against us, whereas Moses' words speak to the importance of just systems for governing all of society. Jesus' words open a path to restoration of relationships through forgiveness and nonviolence, while Moses' words remind us that lying in and of itself is as abhorrent to God as any other sin we can imagine, and that telling the truth is foundational to building a society in the way of God. And so we come back to the importance of hearing and holding to God's word day after day, week after work. We must be reminded, especially in these times, of what is true, of what is good, of what is right. And this morning scripture specifically reminds us that lying is not of God, that the way of the Lord is the way of truth. Amen.